Ladies and gentlemen, the staff of Equine Affair welcomes you to the 20th Annual Equine Exhibition in West Springfield, Mass. At this time, I'd like to ask you to turn off your cell phones for the duration of the clinic. Dr. Dan Moore is a practicing holistic veterinarian based in Unico, Tennessee. He is known as the natural horse vet, or simply Dr. Davis. He received a degree in animal science from North Carolina State University prior to earning his doctor of veterinary medicine in 
at what's in the wild to determine how I'm going to fix situations. You know, what, what's different where they are now versus in the wild. What, I try to keep things as natural as I can, to say the least. So, I mean, horses in the wild, to my knowledge, don't have allergies. I mean, allergy is kind of a new word, actually, in our, in our uh, dictionary, even. I mean, prior to the Industrial Revolution, I don't even think they had allergies, seriously. I mean, can you imagine, I'd, I'd like to use this analogy, can you imagine a, a Native American slipping through the woods in, in the dust and dirt and ragweed and everything, slipping up on a deer or something to, 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 to eat and uh, start sneezing? You know, I mean, it's just not an issue in the wild for horses that I know of. But today, almost every horse, or not almost every, but many, many, many horses have allergies as you've seen here today. So I'm just curious, what um, can I ask you? Just let me know what your horse is allergic to. I'm just curious. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry? No CMs. Yeah, that's a big one for sure. That's a, that's a tough one too, I will say. Yes, same thing. Okay, what else? Yep. Spring and fall, something blooming, exactly. Okay, yes, same thing. Yep. What? Sweet itch. Oh, that's a tough one. Especially in Icelandics. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay, that brings up coughing and so on. And that, and that, that actually brings up this, this um, question. How many of you have skin allergies and how many of you have something like a heebie horse or respiratory? Uh, so let's do skin first. Okay, skin and and respiratory. And some of you raise your hand for both of them. <laughs> That's fine. That's good. Over here, skin. Okay. All right. So, and that brings up this. There's all kinds of symptoms that are produced with allergies, as we know. And I will say this: the respiratory is the hardest of all, and then it's the most critical of all because we want to stop those. Uh, symptoms, or we call them clinical signs in veterinary medicine instead of symptoms. We want to stop uh, those um, clinical signs or symptoms from worsening. Because once you have damage to the lungs, it's really tough. You, you can't reverse them. You can't reverse them. But there are some things that we can do to help um, restore some of the tissue structure back to those lungs and so on, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So um, skin allergy is probably the most common that I see. Uh, respiratory wise, I will say this, I see more respiratory issues in the South. There's actually a whole syndrome going on in the Southeast with regards to respiratory issues in horses. And they feel like it's certainly uh, related to the grasses somehow. Um, but the University of Georgia is doing quite a bit of studies on it and they still have no clue what, what it is. But you know, when it comes right down to it, an allergy is an allergy, whether it's the skin or the lungs. I mean, one's worse than the other and different symptoms and so on, but it's still an immune system reaction, you know, where the body is uh, responding in a way that we don't like to see, but the body's trying to handle it. Yes. A huge swollen glands. Which, okay, so she, her horse gets huge swollen glands, which if you, glands are part of the immune system part of the, the lymphatic system which is trying to detox the body, which brings up the very next topic. 
Um, anytime you have anything on the skin, especially, the body is trying to detox something. It's trying to get rid of something. The skin is the largest organ in the body. So if you have um, uh, anything on the skin, if it's, if it's an abscess, if it's a rash, if, especially rashes with these allergies, if it's a wheel or, a, or a, um, a bump of any kind, most of the time the body is, um, holistically speaking, trying to get rid of something. Okay, now it can also get rid of it through the fecal material, uh, oftentimes with diarrhea, or it can get rid of it, um, can cough it out, but the skin is where you most commonly see the body trying to detox something. And that's why allergies are um, such an issue because we see a lot of symptoms, don't we? I mean, some of these guys, my goodness gracious, with sweet itch and some of these other bad allergies, I see them actually just, they, they're, they're so itchy that they're made to not only make themselves raw, but they, they literally wear the skin out totally. I mean, it, they're actually almost like they're eating their skin in some cases. Um, so, uh, hopefully none of y'all have it quite that bad, but I have sure seen them that bad, to say the least. Um, so, the thing with the, um, uh, the, when they're that bad, we gotta help the body get rid of the stuff. You know, we wanna help them detox. Does that make sense, okay? So, how do we do that? How do we actually, um, help them get rid of what's in the system that's showing up in the skin or showing up in the lungs. What are things we can do? Well, the first thing is we don't want to put more junk back in. You know, we don't, we obviously don't want to, uh, we want less exposure if we can to the bugs and to the hay and to the, and I say hay, especially your big round bales with respiratory issues, but even your, your smaller bales. We, anything we can do to reduce the exposure to whatever it is they're allergic to is helpful. And that's especially critical when it comes to um, bugs. Bugs are a major issue, at least in the South and up here. I know ticks and so on are really, really bad too. And there are some natural ways that we can help with bugs, especially the, the, not only the flies, mosquitoes, and ticks, but no seams as well. Um, so we want to talk about that a little bit. But basically, we, we don't want to put more stuff in that they could be allergic to. And then we want to help get rid of the stuff that's already there. So we focus on some nutrition there to do that. And then we can also um, uh, actually just focus on the damage that's already there to help heal it, but in a more natural way. So. Um, Allergies are just an absolute pain in the neck. And with the, let me ask, what, what was your situation? No seams, that's right, and no seams too. One way that I've found to help with no seams is to um, use a more natural approach. I mean, the last thing we wanted to use is use drugs, in my opinion. You know, a lot of times these horses are put on steroids. Anybody have a horse on steroids? Yeah, man, I tell you what, that just kills me to see them put on steroids because what we're doing there is we're, the, instead of helping the immune system, we're kind of taking over for the immune system. And in the long run, you're actually causing more harm than good, in my opinion. 
But if it's really, really bad, certainly your vets are going to do that because it's the easiest, it's all they know to do. You know, they don't, they don't, they understand nutrition, but they don't understand a more holistic approach to nutrition. You know, most of your vets just, you know, um, put them on steroids right away if they have allergies, if it's really bad. And, and I, I'm not in favor of any type of steroid whatsoever. Uh, I really not. There's other things that we can do right away to, to calm it uh, without using those steroids. Um, but allergies, from a medical perspective, you know, a traditional perspective, are a nightmare for them too. Because they just don't understand a, a natural approach to anything. Would you agree with that? Most veterinarians don't. So. Um, we, over the years, first of all, we have about 50 horses of our own. So pretty much every, we've seen everything over the years, to say the least. And uh, for a long time, I practiced traditional medicine. I used those, those steroids. I used whatever I've been taught in vet school. But these days, uh, actually I sold my hospitals in 92. And I've been going down a more natural approach ever since. So I've seen just about everything and pretty much through um, trial and error have found pretty good solutions to just about everything out there with a more natural approach. And that's what we're all about now. I mean, it's finding natural approach, common uh, solutions to, to serious problems, you know, natural solutions to common problems. So getting back to the bugs, um, if they're really, really bad, you know, you certainly need to follow your, your veterinarian's advice, but then if you'll get a hold of us, we can help pick up the pieces with whatever's going on and help you get through it without those drugs down the road. But with bugs, which is one of the number one things with allergies, is um, keeping them off of them if you can. And the way to do that, of course, the common things are fly masks and so on. But um, also, uh, I found, I put together a product back in the 90s that has just blown me away. It took me about 150 batches and about, uh, probably, I don't know, about a year and a half to put the combination of ingredients together to help work from the inside to keep flies, mosquitoes, and ticks off, and it works pretty doggone good. So if you come by the booth, I can tell you more about that later, and there's a CD over here as well that we can tell you, but, but we work from the inside out, not so much with sprays and stuff, because when you start putting sprays on these horses that have bug issues, it's like you're adding more insult to the problem, especially with these insecticides and so on. And then when, when you start using insecticides for the bugs, then you get to the respiratory issues and the immune system's already messed up anyway, and you wind up having more problems just trying to fix the first problem. Does that make sense? So the more we can do from the inside out that's healthy for them, instead of drugs and chemicals, steroids or insecticides and so on, the better off we are. I mean, a lot of these insecticides can be pretty tough, to say the least. I mean, they're bad for us to breathe, they're bad for our horses to breathe. It's just a real catch-22 on how to handle this. But we've, let me just give you a couple of the ingredients that are in the product that I'm talking about, and you can evaluate it on your own. But we actually uh, sell enough to fill this room about every month. I mean, it's that much of a problem as far as bugs, flies, mosquitoes, and ticks. Does anybody have a tick problem in here, by the way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that, they're, they're no fun either. But um, this particular product is, um, has a few main ingredients. One is a little bit of diatomaceous earth. Now, how many's heard of diatomaceous earth? Yeah, it's a great, great, great product. Um, but it helps with the larvae and the manure. 
So it has a little bit of that in it, and then it has a little bit of garlic in it. How many certain y'all know what garlic is, of course? Now, not a lot of garlic. We only use garlic for the sulfur that's in it. None of these ingredients work by themselves. And again, it took me a long time to figure out the right percentage of each. But it has a little bit of DE for the larvae and the manure, a little bit of garlic for the sulfurs, um, and loaded with, with uh, B vitamins. Now, if you're on B vitamins and you go to the restroom and you look, don't you see things that are yellow? Okay. They're, in other words, they're excreted through the skin, they're excreted through the urine, they're excreted through the sweat, and there's something about B vitamins that actually helps with flies, mosquitoes, and ticks. I can't tell you what it is, I don't know, but in combination with these other things, it works great. And also grapeseed. I introduced grapeseed to the horse market back in the 90s. Grapeseed is miraculous. I'm telling you, it is the most incredible thing, uh, ingredient that I've ever used in people or in animals. Anyone using grapeseed or heard of it in their animal? No, very few. But with, combined with these others, if you'll come by the booth, I can show you a lot of published medical studies on what grapeseed does in people. And when it's used in horses, it actually has, um, uh, I, it strengthens the capillaries. One of the studies shows that it fortifies the skin. A lot of them show it fortifies the skin, but there's one of them that shows that it strengthens the capillaries, which is fantastic for, um, if you think about it, the flies, mosquitoes, and ticks, they go bite the tender steak instead of the tough steak, okay? Because the capillaries are strengthened. Simple way to look at it, but combine, those combined with, those ingredients combined with probiotics, uh, we've created a product called Bug Check. And it's phenomenal for keeping these flies, mosquitoes, and ticks off. I'm not really here to give you a commercial on the product, but I want you to understand that there are natural ways for flies, mosquitoes, and ticks, and even no and the reason we need to use more natural ways is because we don't want to use those insecticides. And we sure don't want to put that stuff, the stuff you squirt on our back. You know, even on our dogs and cats, holy mackerel. I mean, that's some pretty strong stuff, folks, to say the least. And again, you're challenging the immune system there. You, you, we've got to help get rid of what's going on and support that immune system, not challenge it more. Um, does that make sense at all? I mean, it's one of the, worst things you could do, I think, is to just keep using insecticide, insecticide, insecticide. And then when you have the sores, what's the first thing we often do there? We go to the barn and we grab something and slap it on our rash or something, right? Well, any, a lot of these products, with the, especially with that have um, some type of medication in them, you're just making it worse because the body's trying to get rid of the stuff to start with and you're putting something on it that actually can make the, the situation work. And, and, and um, homeopathy, we say it actually drives the product, drives the issue back in, which could later result, instead of the skin, it can go to the lungs. It could go to the head. You know, if you have a rash on your feet, uh, it's not as bad as a rash on your face, is it? So what happens when you, when you put stuff on the body, it drives it in and up. And this is the, the Herring's Law in, um, in, in homeopathy. As something gets worse, it goes towards the head, okay? And when you put a bunch of stuff on the skin, it goes in and up. And certainly the lungs could be a secondary issue to even a skin issue. So we don't wanna make it worse, we wanna help get rid of the junk, not drive it in. That's a little, little different than traditional thinking, but it's something just to keep in mind. Like if you have a problem on the feet, 
like thrush and white line and scratches and all those things. You know, uh, the body's trying to get rid of something. So we want to help it get rid of it, not put a bunch of junk on it to drive it back in. Can you grasp that concept with me a little bit? Absolutely no question about it. When you, I mean, scratches, you know, we can consider that almost an allergy-type problem. It's a truly a serious immune system problem. When you have scratches, you know what I'm talking about, where the, you just can't heal it with anything, it just won't go away, and you put all the stuff on it, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. Well, we focus on putting it on it rather than helping the immune system get rid of it, which is what we need to do. Uh, and there's some other uh, ingredients, of course, to help with that immune system. And one of those is actually the grapeseed that we talked about. We use a lot of grape, we use grapeseed in about every, every product we have. Because, for instance, grapeseed's also anti-inflammatory. Grapeseed, um, there's one study, now granted it was done in China, but it was a university study, and they're pretty, they're, can be smart over there too, I promise you. Um, and, but it shows that it's actually better than dexamethasone. Duh, I mean, that, that's a pretty serious study, I would think. But grapeseed is, is phenomenal. In fact, let me tell you how I kind of got into a more natural approach to healthcare to start with. I had quite a few horses and I had a guy working for me. His name was Larry. Larry was from West Virginia. Um, super, super guy. Had, um, had a doctor friend in West Virginia, which is about four hours away from our house, who had a horse that had heaves. Okay? And this horse apparently was pretty bad off, and Larry had been around me enough to know that we had some pretty good success with, with all types of problems. Um, and so he, this guy told Larry, or Larry uh, told this guy that I could fix anything. Duh. Next, next thing I know, the horse shows up at my barn, and Larry didn't even say anything about him coming. Well, this horse, I'm telling you, was skin and bones, absolute skin and bones, that looked like he would die any day, and he was a heavy horse. He was using all his energy just to breathe, okay? All his energy just to breathe. And so prior to that, I had had some exposure to a human product, and this human product had a lot of grapeseed in it, and I just, I'd seen every imaginable benefit. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of, of people that had benefited as friend of mine's product. So I was you know, very curious about it, involved with it, and helped them develop it and so on. But, but anyway, I just started breaking these human capsules open on this horse's feet. And a lot of capsules, I assure you, a lot of capsules. But bottom line is two months later, this horse went home. Looked like a new horse and actually won a championship for this doctor. I'm telling you, there's something miraculous about grapeseed, especially when it's combined with all kinds of other stuff. So that is something to keep in mind, uh, and we certainly have it in all of our stuff uh, over at the booth. But the point there is we need to focus on the immune system more than anything when it comes to allergies. We don't want to mess it up with steroids. We don't want to mess it up with medication if we can help it. Um, so, when it comes to respiratory issues, uh, there are more natural approaches that you can use for those respiratory issues other than the drugs and chemicals. I mean, from a traditional, from a regular medicine point of view, pretty much all they have is antihistamines and, and, and steroids, right? 
and they are definitely affecting the immune system. So whatever you do from a more natural approach is gonna be better than those. The only time I would use a steroid personally is if that horse is in imminent danger of dying. You know, a respiratory issue where they just can't breathe, then I would give a steroid, okay, at that moment in time. And then I'd come back and I'd clean it up with a more natural approach to help get rid of that medication in the system. But that's about the only time I'm personally gonna use a steroid at all. Yes. I can't hear you, ma'am. Sorry. Okay, she has a mini so with the collapsed trachea. Okay. And help, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there any other help? Well, yes, ma'am. The question is, she has a mini that has the collapsed trachea. She says that every day she has to give a, give a dose of, of steroids, an inhaler type. And is there an alternative? Well, there may be. I can't say that there is for sure, but I would definitely try some some of our come and visit us at the booth, and I'll show you what we have to help with that. Um, we're in the other the Mallory, or not the Mallory, the other the young building. Just go in this first door and keep looking for us on the right. We're past the um, the arena on the right. Uh, it's got the natural vet across the top. So yeah, that's that's a, that's one of those issues where you may not have a choice. But there are still other things that we can do to, um, to help, and I, and I think we can. Uh, which brings up this, you know, where is one of the, we talked about insecticides on the skin, causing issues and driving things in. What about just what we feed them? I mean, think about that. We, we, most of us have horses, I'm not gonna put me in that category, but a lot of people have horses that are out of balance as far as vitamins and nutrition, okay? Think about that a minute. And I've, I, how many feed a commercial feed in here? The feed in a bag, okay? Now let me ask you this. Do you give exactly what the bag says every day? The exact weight, I get, getting one yes. I mean, if the bag says five pounds, are you giving five pounds for that 1,000 pound horse or whatever? Very few people do. I mean, you can't in most cases. You can't, I mean, if the bag says five pounds, and let's say you have an easy keeper, all right? I mean, we have a lot of easy keepers. We have Rocky Mountain horses. I mean, if I gave my horses five, what the bag said, they would be like a balloon. I mean, no question. So what do you do with your easy keepers? You give them less, right? And let's say the bag says five pounds and you're giving them one pound or just a handful. Can you see that he's maybe getting if you give them a pound, one-fifth of the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes that was added to that grain mixture, whatever it was? Or what if you have a heart keeper, you know, standard bread or third bread, and he's getting 10 pounds? Well, he's getting twice as much of the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes. So almost every horse is out of balance, number one. Now, that doesn't help the immune system. That doesn't help lungs. That doesn't help anything if they're out of balance. So, and then let's look at the feed a little bit further. What goes into a commercial bag of feed? Number one problem, I think, especially, and it's evident today, we're seeing all these metabolic issues. Anybody have a metabolic horse in here? Fat, overweight, cresting neck, insulin resistant, Cushing's, whatever, okay? So, you know, when we, they're out of balance to start with, which is an issue, but then at the same time, 
We got hydrogenated fats in these feed. Almost every food has some type of fat source, and I promise you they're hydrogenated fats. Now, would you agree with me that they're not too good for us, but yet we're giving them to our horses? And then we have allergy horses. I mean, we didn't have allergies when I first started practicing in the 80s. I never remember seeing an allergy horse. But what were people feeding most of the time back then? They feed oats, you know, whatever they could get on the farm. They weren't buying feed in the bag that had all this junk in it. They, they weren't buying, they weren't feeding pellets. You know, pellets are cooked. I don't know anybody, I don't know any horse in the wild that eats anything that's cooked, do you? You know, but yet we're feeding them cooked pellets. It takes 180 degrees at least to, to produce a pellet, and that's a low temperature pellet. Most of them are way higher. So when you cook them, you're cooking all the enzymes out of them, you're cooking all the goody out of them. But to me, the fats, those hydrogenated fats are just really, really bad. Because here's the thing, every cell in the body is surrounded by fat. Every single, imagine every cell in the body like a basketball, okay? Little, little tiny basketball, because there's gazillions of them. But the membrane, the skin of that basketball is fat, all right? And that membrane is what allows the nutrients to get into the, into the cell and the junk to get out. It's like a transport system of nutrients. So if you have an allergy, the last thing you want to do is, the last situation you want to have is not being able to get nutrients into the cell or junk out of the cells. Would you agree? So the last thing you want to do, in my opinion, is to feed an allergy horse a food that has hydrogenated fat and it's in all your commercial feed. So that's something else we don't want to take care of. We don't want to put more junk back in and we want to support the cells and support the immune system. So what do you feed them? What do, what do we feed our horses? Doesn't matter. If it's in a bag, it's got, it's got hydrogenated fats in it. I mean, that's, it doesn't matter. I'm not picking on any brand here, believe me, because they basically have to have a fat source and they use hydrogenated fats in these feeds. Um, and a lot of GMOs in the feed. Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm not too fond of what's happening with their food chain today with regards to genetic modification. I think we're going to see, we're seeing more and more of it, and of course, as I said, when I first started practice, I didn't see allergies in horses. I never remember seeing an allergy in horses for a long, long time, and now it's everywhere. So what's the common denominator there? One is feed. So while we're on that subject, what do we feed them? Well, i tell you what I found. It's what our granddaddy's fed, and uh, it's probably what your granddaddy fed. It's what's been fed forever and ever and ever, and that's oats, plain old oats. And I don't care what you hear in the marketplace about oats causing, making them hot or not good for metabolic horses or anything like that. I can't fix an allergy horse unless I get them off commercial feed and get them on oats. Oats are pretty much the same from field to field. I mean, there's some differences obviously, but a lot more similarity of oats in this part of the country to oats in the other part of the country than there is in a bag of feed. Because bag of feed changes every time. Even. It might have the same name, the same brand, but those micro ingredients in there, well, I assure you, whatever the cheaper source of protein that still meets those needs, they're gonna use that. 
to make that feed. So with an allergy horse, feed from a bag, you know, you're constantly changing that, 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 that feed's constantly changing too. So every batch, every, every big batch is a little bit different. So they're constantly having to adjust to it. But my point is oats are oats. And you know, some of these, um, one, of the, one of the most successful products in the marketplace that veterinarians use for gut issues, one of those real expensive ones, and I'm sure not gonna name names, but you know, one of those real expensive ones for gut issues, you know what it's made from? Oats. It's made from oats. Why not just give the whole oats to start with? Now the next question is crimped or whole? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But I like whole because once you cut the ends off or crimp them, then they don't last as long. You know, they start going rancid quicker. Whole oats are fine. When you say I've got a horse that's 22 years old and can't eat oats, they can eat oats. If they don't have any teeth, they can eat oats. Just add a little water to it and let it sit for about five minutes before you feed them. They're soft as they can be. And then I hear, well, they pass oats and they pass through the stool. They don't if their gut's right. And once they've been on them a while, they adjust. I won't, they, I mean, we have 50 horses. The only oats you see around the feed bowls are those that they spill out. The birds like those too, so what difference does it make, you know? But oats are oats. So if you have an allergy horse, I highly recommend feeding oats. But now oats still aren't complete. You still have to add vitamins and minerals to them, okay? And enzymes and so on. We have a, actually have a product for that, but if you think about it with oats, you can give that easy keeper a handful, or you can give that hard keeper 10 pounds, and with a scoop of the right vitamin and mineral and enzyme mix, you can still get what man knows they need. Does that make sense? And then you gotta have a fat source. Well, there's all kinds of fat sources out there, and the last thing we want is hydrogenated fats or genetically modified fat. Um, I've found is the, the product that I've found, it took me about three years to find it, is a GMO-free source of soybean oil. Soybean oil is fantastic for horses. I'm telling you, we've, I've used enough to fill this whole room in the past 30 years. And it is phenomenal, but the problem with soybeans is most of them are genetically modified, about 95%. So it's really, really hard to find a source. It actually took me three years to find the right source. But as far as the coat goes, as far as the gut goes, um, it's the best oil I've found. I'm not too fond of flax, only because it tends to go rancid pretty quickly. And you really need to grind it to get the benefits from it. But soybean oil has been super for us on these allergy horses. Another one I like is chia seed. Chia seed's a little pricey, but it's great for the gut. It actually makes a gelatinous type once it's um, almost, it's kind of weird to explain how it looks when it's wet a little bit, but it's really, really good source of fat too, but it's pricey. Um, but uh, we have some of that in, in some of our gut products as well. I like coconut oil. You know, coconut's kind of the craze these days, and it's, that way for a reason. It's just an excellent source of omega fatty acids. But um, as a general rule, um, GMO-free soybean oil with whatever amount of oats your horse needs, with the vitamin mineral supplement, and we've got all these at the booth. I can show you more. You can pick up some of the literature over here. Um, that's what I recommend for allergy horses. And just that alone 
is probably going to help your horse. Getting them off the commercial feed, getting them on oats, and getting that balanced out, and getting them off all this other junk that's in these commercial feeds. Especially your skin problem, especially that aspect of allergy. The lung issues are a little bit different. They're just more of a challenge. So there we really, if, if you have a really, really bad issue like sweet itch, that's just chronic and they're eating themselves up or you got a really bad lung issue, there's some other things that we can do to really enhance the immune system. And what we found is, is, uh, is a, something that has been around for centuries and used for centuries uh, actually by the Native Americans. It's from the, from the western larch tree. It's called Arabinoglycan. Big fancy name, but it's actually it's a prebiotic that they're extracting from the bark of these trees. And it is phenomenal. I mean, it is the, the studies out there at University of Kentucky and Bemidji State and all these other universities just show tremendous for the gut, tremendous for, it's, it's a true immune modulator. So in other words, it boosts the immune system if it needs it, or it calms the immune system if it needs it. And uh, we actually use that in some of our allergy products as well. Uh, which all of our products are based on nutrition. They're not, they're not injections and drugs and medicine and all that. They're all, uh, yes, ma'am. The name of it? It's a big name, but it's called Arabinogalactan. Arabinogalactan. It's from the Western Larch Tree, and um, you can go to our website. We got some studies from these universities and stuff there. You, by the way, the website is just. Um, thenaturalvet.net, but there's some literature and some CDs. I've got a, um, driving down the road the other day and I found a CD in my car and I put it in and it was me talking. And I forgot about the CD. So it's over here, it's called Dr. Dan Speaks Out. You might definitely want to get that one. You'll definitely either like me or hate me after the first few minutes because I just kind of tell it like it is. Okay, so bottom line, we want to focus on the nutrition, change the feed, from the, no matter what it is. Uh, we want to not, that's not putting more back in. Okay, we want to not put more junk back in and we want to help the body get rid of the stuff uh, and we want to focus on the immune system too. Well, let's go back to the lung issues just a little bit. And, and I mean, pretty much what we just talked about there fixes so many allergies. I mean, getting them off commercial feed, getting them on some good supplements, getting them balanced out, really, really, really fixes most allergies. Not all, but I could count them probably in the past 20 years on one and a half hands that it hasn't greatly helped, really, really. But it is an all-out effort. But think how much you're spending, you know, at the vet and on the medicines, and, and not only that, it's making things worse in the long run. Let me answer this question. What? Oh, flax, uh, the, what I, the flax is the least stable of all fat sources. In other words, it, it goes rancid quicker than anything. That's the thing. Plus it has to be ground really to get the benefits uh, on horses or people for that matter. And once you grind it, for sure, it starts going rancid. Just like we talked about the oats, once you crimp the oats, they start breaking down and they oxidize. In other words, they go rancid and that flax is um, the least, you know, flax is, uh, I don't want to say anything else negative about it, but, but uh, yes, ma'am. What are my thoughts on corn? Well, you know, 
I'm not real fond of corn, but I will say this, when I was a kid, we did feed corn. But um, I think we've learned a lot about it since then. Uh, it certainly has a very high glycemic index. Um, it's kind of like molasses as far as the effect goes, even worse. So I'm not real fond of it. And of course, corn, almost all corn is genetically modified too. So, I mean, to me, the simplest thing is just whole oats, you know? They're, oats are oats. They're not genetically modified, thank goodness. You know, they're, they're not allowed. So they're still GMO free. And hopefully it'll stay that way unless some, other, some of these big companies that are combining right now mess things up. I don't want to go name names or whatever, but there's a lot happening with their food chain that's not too great right now. Um, there's a company out there said, that says, if we don't own it, you don't eat it. Um, actually, we had a chance to, they, a company came to us uh, probably in 2009 and tried to buy our company. And um, a big company, huge, huge company. And when I really got down to the check, actually, I mean, the check was like ready to go. Here it is. Well, I found out the board members on that were board members of this other company, and I didn't sell. I couldn't do it because they're killing all of us, in my opinion. But, um, so, uh, any more questions before we go on? How are we doing time-wise? Anybody got a, how much? 10.41. 10, but we got time. Yeah, let's answer some questions here, yeah. Heavy horse, yep. Okay. Right. Suggested what? Oh, Esther C. Yeah, sure. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Vitamin C, uh, esterified vitamin C. Again, nutrition for. Um, she had a heavy horse, and the lady down the road recommended vitamin C. And you know, you can't get too much vitamin C. Uh, it's a great, great ingredient. Now, we actually use grapeseed, which is about 20 times more bioavailable than vitamin C per the literature, and vitamin E as well. There's another benefit of grapeseed. Um, but with a heavy horse, you know, you you've got to stop it as quick as you can because when you, when you, if you don't, you get that damage in the lungs. It's just, you can't repair the lungs. But there is some nutrition that can help the lungs. Now think about this. Lungs are, are connected tissue. Okay, now you may not know what connective tissue is, but it's the same type of tissue that's in your joints, okay? That's in your ligaments and your tendons. That's connective tissue. Well, the lungs are similar type tissue. So what do we use typically for our joints and ligaments nutrition-wise? Glucosamine, chondroitin sometimes, different types of glucosamine. Um, so my point there is with lung issues, especially allergies, I always have them on a joint supplement too because Hopefully that's going to provide some of the, the preliminary building blocks of the lung tissue. And you know, we actually combine it with some natural antihistamines, which again is grapeseed and some others. Um, grapeseed, to me, 
Does anyone use um, antihistamines in these allergy horses? You know, it, it's kind of like kicking the can down the road. You know, it's not really curing much, it's just, but with lung issues, it's pretty important to stop them pretty quick. So if you're gonna use anything drug-wise, I would recommend an antihistamine, but I do prefer a more natural approach to antihistamines, and we've got really good luck with grapeseed and some of these others. Now, you just can't go out and buy grapeseed enough for a horse. It took me years to find the right sources that we could make it economical enough for horse owners. So, okay. Uh, any other questions? Yes, ma'am. On what, Timothy? What are my thoughts on Timothy pellets? Well, that's a that's a really excellent question because you know with your lung issues, the last thing you want is a lot of dust from the hay or especially not your round bale type hay. And I'm not fond of pellets in general, but if you have a real heavy horse, you may have to just use some pellets. But I would be real careful with those. And in fact, I prefer the cubes more than pellets because they're more pressed rather than they have some binders in them, but they're not the high heat. But if you do feed a cube, a hay cube, Make sure you can break it in your hands. If it's too hard that you can't break it in your hand, you certainly run a greater risk of choke. Um, so uh, tubes are better than pellets, but if, if you have a really bad lung issue, pellets or cubes, whatever you can get if you have to, it beats the hay. And by the way, if you have a lung issue, even I'm not big on soaking hay, okay? I don't care what's going on. Um, there's just don't like to soak hay, because I've actually done tests before and after soaking to see what kind of nutrition. And yes, it does get the sugar out for these metabolic courses, but it takes everything else out too. I mean, there's not much left in the end, okay? So I'm not big on soaking. But now for a heavy horse, you know, wet it. If you have a horse that, that um, that's old and has no teeth. We talked about just adding a little water to the oats. We'll definitely add a little water to the hay. You know, the less dust you can use, the better. So, um, excellent question, thank you. And as far as Timothy, I like Timothy. I like orchard grass. Um, most horses get too much protein, okay? Most horses do get too much. They only need about eight to 10% truly. The last thing you wanna do is feed these high protein feeds. I mean, if you have a mare, a baby, something that's growing, that's how I differentiate whether you need alfalfa or not, okay? If you have a growing animal of some sort or a baby growing, then you can add a little alfalfa. But other than that, we don't use much alfalfa. And another reason is almost all alfalfa is genetically modified today. You can't, you, I can't even get alfalfa in my area without getting, without it being genetically modified. Uh, and just won't, they can't even get it up. Yes, ma'am. Lucerne hay? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. I think that's an excellent company. Um, they're right up before you get to us on the right. Uh, they've got the bagged hay, you know, the compressed, double compressed bagged hay. Um, excellent choice. They have pretty good products too, to say the least. It's called Lucerne Farms. Lucerne Farms, it's on the right as you go up by the arena in the next building up. Um, so, any other questions? Yes. 
What was it? How much oats versus switching from a bag? Oh, that's an excellent. Thank you, man. You guys are smart. Holy mackerel. Um, the question is, how do you know how much oats to feed? Okay. Why did I think of that? <laughs> so, what I tell people when they're switching over to um, to oats is, whatever amount of feed that you're giving now is the same volume of oats that you want to eventually get to. Volume. Volume, not weight. Okay. Um, in other words, if you're feeding a, uh, a scoop of feed, you're probably going to wind up with a scoop of oats. Okay. But you want to do it over a week or so. I mean, cold turkey, I've never had an issue, but we've all been told, you know, and I still gradually do it. But um, chances are, once they're on those oats, though, once their system adjusts to them, they're going to actually be feeding less of the oats than the other feed. It's just like dog feed. My goodness, you, some of these feeds, you just got to feed a bunch of them to get good nutrition. You know, they're hungry all the time. And then you buy, you might pay three times as much for the bag, but I mean, I've got a hound dog, just as for instance, in one of these other feeds, and you know, she gets a cup a day and that's it, and she's still fat, you know? And yeah, the bag costs three times as much, but the difference in quality is unreal. And that's kind of the way I feel about oats. If I could find, you know, an oat-based food for my dogs, I'd have it made too. I just hadn't got there yet, but I'm working on it. Um, so, any more questions? Yes, ma'am. Heart, they're great for heart keepers. They really are. There's no uh, question was switching over to oats for a heart keeper. Now, remember, oats still have to be supplemented. I don't care what grain you're giving, oats have to be supplemented. They're not, they're not nutritious enough on their own with the vitamins, minerals, and so on for a horse or for anybody for that matter. Um, so you still need to add vitamins and minerals. And in fact, we, don't, we take that one step further. We actually have a supplement that makes the oats complete what man knows they need. We have the fat that I mentioned earlier, uh, and the, the literature's over there. But then we still rely on Mother Nature for some of these things. We actually have a free choice, loose salt and mineral that's from free ancient seabeds. So every mineral known to man is in there, probably micronutrients we hadn't discovered. It's like a natural chelation, you know, with a lot of things that attach proteins or amino acids to the nutrients so it's more readily absorbed. Well, guess what the, the proteins and the amino acids are in this? It's the dead fish and the dead seaweed from a gazillion years ago. So it's Mother Nature's chelation. And all you do is put it in a bucket, a little bit in a bucket, hanging on a fence post. Rain makes it better. Have free access to it, and they can kind of fill in the gaps for what they haven't been, what we haven't discovered yet. Put it that way. It's a phenomenal product. And by the way, if you're feeding salt blocks or mineral blocks, I don't care what kind it is. I don't care if it's this purple pink salt from overseas. If it's in a rock or a block, you need to throw it away as far as you can throw it because they're killing our horses today, in my opinion. And here's why. We're feeding so much fertilized through the hay, or fertilized through the ground that we put on the ground that can be deadly if a horse gets too much in a certain period of time through the grain. Nitrogen and potassium in particular. Here's the deal. If they're 
eating hay that's full of fertilized nitrogen and potassium. Their system's full of it. The way they neutralize it is with free choice, loose salt and minerals. They cannot lick a block or rock fast enough to neutralize nitrogen or potassium. The way they neutralize is first with sodium, second with calcium, third with magnesium as far as the positive and negative stuff. But they can't neutralize it quickly by a big gulp of free choice, loose salt and mineral versus you know, licking himself to death on a rock or block or trying to chew it or whatever. That nitrogen and potassium can change the acidity in the gut just like that. If you change the acidity in the gut rapidly, would you agree it's catastrophic? To me, that's the biggest cause of colic, biggest cause of founder, biggest or laminitis, biggest cause of ulcers. It's constantly changing. I mean, grass is even changing hour hour. If there's a storm front moving in, the grass thinks it's going to die. It wants water. It uses fertilizer to bring water up into the plant. Nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. If all they, if all they have is a block of rock, they cannot lick fast enough to neutralize it. If you don't get anything else from this whole topic this morning, take that to heart because it is, it is the truth. It took me a long time to figure that out, but they're awful for horses, in my opinion, blocks of rocks. And some of these are so hard that we're seeing teeth damage from biting on them, to some of the, the natural salt sources. So I'm all about Mother Nature, that's for sure. Um, any other questions that right now? Yes, ma'am. And diagnosed with arthritis. Okay, well, been diagnosed with arthritis. And again, that goes back to what I think you might have missed on the front when we talked about the feed, getting them off commercial feed, getting them on oats. There's, come by and I'll give you some literature on that, okay? Um, okay, I hope this has been helpful. Um, I'm, I'm going to take a picture of y'all if you don't mind. So people will believe me that I was here. And so I can write it all off. Hey, y'all say hello. All right. Fantastic, y'all. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all coming. Our booth is uh, like 13, 12 or something. And again, in the next building up on the walk in the door and out there on the right. Uh, anything we can do to help you, thenaturalvet.net. I have some CDs over here, some literature in that bag. If somebody will get those out. Uh, help yourself to those, okay? Thank you all so much.